fellow high schoolers. We are a podcast. We are here. We are back. Back in the saddle. What is with our the, head in the game? What is the podcast? We are the Amateur Nerds. This is Wildcat Minute. The High School Musical Podcast. In which we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Condra. We got through that intro eventually. <laughs> hey, we're here to talk about Minute 17 of High School Musical. Minute 17 starts with the dancing portion of Get Your Head in the Game. So Troy has his, like, solo. Well, the whole thing's really a solo. And they break out into dance. Yeah. And it ends with the sad, lone basketball. Yep. Bouncing in the foreground. Yep. So, yeah. so it, it's just kind of the end of the song. It's you know? the end of the song, yeah. There's some quintessential Kenny Ortega dancing. Quintessential. I don't know if it's good per se. No, but it is very <laughs> Kenny Ortega choreographed dancing. Yeah. So yeah, he had just done his like big spotlight solo, and then like he's just kind of, he had just said yikes, and then the music kind of kicks in with this kind of like funky like got a beat to it. Yeah. I don't I don't know music terms, so. Yeah, it's not really like a like I guess it's like a hip hop type thing, but it's not like a it's not like a really well produced like dance track. It's just kind of like generic like musical hip-hop dance track there's like a little bit of like a record it's not a full record scratch but to start it out there's like a it like winds down before it picks back up yeah it's a little bit uh this this portion of the song is the most like our intro music (laughs) yeah that's fair i think we'll see something even more like our intro music (laughs) later i don't know so musically so we had chorus solo which i don't know like where like in music terminology because you're the music person between the two of us well this isn't a bridge is it no this the solo would be a bridge right no there's not really like a bridge in this song per se this is more of just like yeah uh it's definitely just a, a a section of the song that you would call like a like interlude yeah like a dance break almost pretty much honestly that's what it feels like and i think Kenny Ortega, not that Kenny Ortega has done like Broadway necessarily, but he has a very Broadway feel in that his songs often have a dance break. Yeah, well, that's what musicals are. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it was it was verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo. So the solo is closer to a bridge and then dance break and then chorus. Yeah. So yeah, that's that classic A, B, A, B, C, A set up. Which is a which is a pretty standard yeah pop song setup definitely and yeah the final chorus the B A, a B A B C B yeah yeah that's what I was like it's <laughs> not an A at the end but it de- no it feels very much like a pop song and the final chorus there isn't necessarily a key change but it, it wants does to sound be a, like a key it change. wants to be a key change but I don't think it actually is yeah I couldn't tell because when you scroll back because t- in order to scroll through the song like you have to go through the solo and the dance break and there's too much time in between for me to really be able to tell should have done it with the soundtrack and the and the yeah. watching where yeah. we like but it sounds the way it changes because it goes from the dance break and it does kind of like full stop in the way a, a key change would kind of yeah. full stop before yeah let's talk about this dancing um yeah so basically right at the beginning of the minute someone chucks a ball to troy so he's kind of dribbling in the middle They're while still the people in, in center the, court yeah, yeah while the people in the circle are dancing around him very aggressively yeah it's very weird i've never like i've never really liked 
this dance part of the song. The other basketball-y kind of dance, I think because it's not basketball dancing, it's just dancing. Yeah. In a way that... It's, it's definitely more of that, like, hip-hop type, type dancing. Um, yeah. There's, like, spinning on the ground. There's... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know dance it's terminology. Very, like, it's very, like, agile and, like, definitely, like, very athletic and not not based in, like... It's not like a ballroom dance. They're not, like, very upright. They're, yeah. They're low to the ground. They're bent over. Like, it's very They're cool. rolling. Yeah, they're rolling around on the ground. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it it, it has a cool look to it. And I think the fact that every, they've got the performers all dancing it's at almost the... break dancing, I guess, would be the... Yeah, but I don't think it's fully because it's not isn't part of breakdancing like the improvisation of the dancing. Yeah, I I don't I mean, I don't know. That's what I've like gathered from like watching Paris is Burning and like the origins of breakdancing is part of it was like a self-expression, like full. Yeah. Improvisation kind of thing. But breakdancing also has this kind of uh, hip hop background, too. That's like, you know, like like. Yeah. Like the hip hop, like block parties. Like, yeah, but that, that was adopted from a different movement. Yeah, <laughs> let's recognize the African Americans that actually founded it, and then it was adopted by other people. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was doing. Yeah, well, it it's not just African American, but it's a queer African American community that kind of created breakdancing. It's a really interesting, like if you. Yeah, I, I don't know the history of breakdancing, but I know I know in the history of hip hop music. Yeah, well, there's this kind of like they're they, they have similar roots, so. Yeah, uh, Paris is Burning talks a little bit about that. Okay. Um, it's a good good documentary. So we get this dancing going on. We get some close-ups. We get two of Corbin Blue, one towards the beginning of the sequence and then one towards the end. The one towards the beginning, I think he's rolling on the ground. And then the one towards the end, he's like aggressively like forcing himself towards Troy. I don't know what these movements are called or anything, but it's very, like, they do take the time to focus in on him. Like, we talked about last week with that other guy that you get the random number three. So I figured out his name um, based on the credits where it says basketball dancers, and I looked up pictures and stuff. His name's Carlton Bluford, so that's number three, whose name in the movie was Marks. Yeah, Marks is on the back of his jersey, yeah. Yeah, so that one guy that had the hands, so we figured out him. Yeah. And with that sleuthing, I also figured out who we get even more close-ups of throughout this entire dancing sequence. Yeah, we get a new kind of star is number 44. Yeah. Um, whose last name I'm blanking on now. Brown. Brown. Yeah, so his jersey says his last name is Brown. Based on what I could figure out, I think think the actor or dancer however he wants to be credited his name is roger malaga he also makes an appearance in number three high which, school musical number three yes. not basketball dancer number three yes <laughs> based on those like on a couple pictures and stuff i think that's who he is but interestingly he's one of the few that goes like of the background people that is in both which is interesting yeah. well i guess it's pretty clear from this minute that you know he has a prominent role as a dancer so maybe they just kind have picked him out and be like this guy's good let's definitely bring him back later yeah i mean his timing was very good he definitely it's funny when you look at like someone who's an actor first versus a dancer first you can tell especially when everyone's performing at the same time sometimes the timing's not quite right for people yeah. and you could see that where this character 44 brown he was standing to the right diagonally of troy or the left diagonally for our vision like troy's yeah. right our left he was like the timing between the two is just a little yeah and well, yeah, yeah it was a lot more Fluid yeah, and it's not Broadway where, like, everyone's really in sync. Like, here, they're just kind of mostly in sync. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Well, after they break out of the circle... Okay, so the dance break ends, and they all kind of slide towards the middle of Troy, who was dribbling in the middle. And he does another shot and says, woo. And then we get, like, this close-up of Troy, and then we zoom out and we realize he and everyone now has a basketball. So it's kind of this... This editing, which is pretty cool in like a in like a dance scene of like, oh, not like this non-diegetic type thing of like, oh, we're kind of just in like a moment where they're dancing and we're meant to understand that like, you know, it's not all really happening. Like they didn't magically all have balls in their hands. We can let that go for a second and just understand that this is a dance sequence. And I think it blends that kind of musical fantasy reality quite well, because a lot of, we've said a couple of times already, this movie is very much based in the real world. You don't get those weird blur kind of shots like Troy seeing Gabriella. There was yeah. no, it was Dreamweaver was the song that we couldn't oh, think of. Oh, Sky High. Yeah, in Sky <laughs> High. I, I thought of it later and I was editing it. And I was like, man, it was Dreamweaver. Yeah, so in Sky High, when the main boy sees the cute girl, he like the, the sides of the frames get blurry and he Dreamweaver plays in the music. Yeah, and it's not like we get that here. We, and that's, I think, part of the charm of this is you don't know if they're actually like the music being diegetic or not is very unclear because you get these shots like this where it's like oh yeah it's unreal but at the same time they are singing while they're doing the drills and stuff so well yeah the music's clearly non-diegetic in the sense that like Corbin Blue and the other basketball boys wouldn't be singing and dancing but it's this kind of idea of like does the is the stuff that you see during a musical sequence really happening like in the kind of sense that like it's actually like in the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, right? Belle's walking around the town. The things she's walking around the t- town doing are actually happening, right? She's waving at the bread maker and goes into the library and stuff. That's all real. I, they're just ha- they happen to be singing. And the townsfolk don't end and be like, "Ah, oh, we were all singing. Let's stop singing now." I'm trying to think of, but like, if you're in if you're in the Blues Brothers and Cab Calloway comes out on stage and he's like got this whole different outfit, and then they cut away to the regular stage again, and it's not the big fancy Cab Calloway outfit. Okay, we understand that for the purpose of movie making we had this big fantastical sequence that was exaggerated and didn't really happen yeah those are my examples okay (laughs) i I get them but i think this one does a little bit of both yeah well yeah so the first half of this song was like okay like it seems like yeah they're dancing but they're also kind of like doing drills and then the second half of this song is like they're all like they're all staring at camera in dance formation doing dance basketball moves and you're like okay that's definitely fake (laughs) but i think that blend is really cool and it does, it reduces the alienness of musicals for some people. Like, some people can't buy into musicals because they're too outlandish and they're like, well, that would never happen. <laughs> they would never sing. Or, like, you get the weird, like, breakout in the middle of the town and stopping traffic, whatever. But let us not. No one suits me like a suit from How I Met Your um, Mother, I think. Let, let us not forget that basketball dancing is cool because basketball is is for boys and they're, dance, <sighs> they're dancing and doing basketball. So it's, it's, it's appealing to people. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. the, the idea is that, like, we're incorporating, like, yeah. a new idea into the dance that... To make it appealing for a different audience. Yeah. And just because it's cool to, like, do a high concept dance, like, oh, this is a dance, but it's centered around basketball, so here are this, these moves that we can do with basketballs. You find out there, there's it's slightly more limited than you might hope. But there are some <laughs> cool moves. I think they do some really cool... Like, it's very creative. They do... I think the get, that get your head in the game, they point to their head and then they pull the ball in front of them in a very it's kind of like a blocking move 
more like a football blocking <laughs> move because you don't necessarily do that with a basketball, but you might if you're like pivoting. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, they do it, and they they're doing like between the legs dribbling and like in sync. They... I think that is probably one of the best in sync moments. Is like they are doing it all at the same time in between the legs, and yeah. I think that's really the be- well done. yeah. The best moment in the dance is they do between the leg, between the leg, and then they all kind of raise the ball over their head into like a back step, mm-hmm. and that's pretty. That's a pretty good dance move. And they also have the it's a it's a cool moment when they throw ball the throw the ball behind their backs like and catch it in front of them like that's pretty good it's like over the head yeah also this one's silly but i think it it has some cool it it works with the the music and like the beat really well they like throw it around their bodies like they do an around the world kind of thing yeah just behind the back type yeah but they're also moving for like they're moving their feet forward in time to the beat so there's this it's a dynamic use of movement. There's multiple yeah. movements going on, and it creates a sense yeah. of busyness. Well, when you do behind the back, it's like a hula hoop. You like move your chest forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but they're with their legs also moving, so they are physically also moving, and it it does take an extra level of skill because you're not just pulling it around you. You're also having to move forward, so you're fighting momentum. Yeah, I, a thing I noticed kind of in all of this is that Zac Efron is clearly not as good a basketball handler as either he would later become and b- before like se- before like seventeen again and. I don't know how much basketball there is in High School Musical 3. A bit. But, like, you can tell just based on how high someone dribbles the ball, how mm-hmm. like how good of a basketball player they are. Because he doesn't have the control of the ball that other people have when he's dribbling. He's dribbles When he's in the circle, it's kind of like... When everyone's standing around him in the circle and he's just kind of dribbling around, it's kind of bad. <laughs> like, it's kind of terrible. Well, I think part of it is he's not the focus of that. It's everyone else, so maybe he yeah, was he's kind still of slacking in the middle a little of the bit. Circle. Yeah, they yeah. were like, okay, everyone's gonna dance around you, so you just kind of do dribble moves. But there aren't actually that many dribble moves you can do no. in like a four foot radius while everyone's dancing around you. Yeah. And he probably didn't want to do any crazy moves and mess up the shots if he was trying to do. Yeah, no in between the legs. Yeah, and then yeah, when he's in the front, like it looks good because like he's he's doing well dancing, but it's not like the tightest it could be with his dribbling. Like definitely, there's people in the back that are doing much better of a dance job and the basketball shots. Yeah, and Corbin Blue, I will say though, he is. Yeah, he's doing th- really good. He he has this intensity to him in this whole thing. Like one of his close up is makes me very uncomfortable because he's like. St- Staring down the camera and like very intensely. I don't know why attacked. you're so. I just Im- impressed, not like no. not in like a positive connotation, but like why that shot has made such an impression on you. I don't know um, either because it's for like half a second. It's no, really nothing. That. But I think you don't. It's very different than Chad's other characteristics throughout the movie. If not, he's kind of a joke. Like you see him kind of joking around, and there's this intensity. But he's serious about basketball. He's a basketball boy. I guess. And then kind of the climax of the song is this final woo and all of the basketball boys shoot their basketballs up in the air. From like half court. So none of them are getting it in. Yeah, none, yeah obviously none of them get it in. But it is a cool moment where it kind of all these balls go up in the air and then they all kind of fall. And I, it's nice that they left that in. I think that's pretty cool that I would imagine in other circumstances that they would just cut when the balls drop kind of thing and not see or the... Or keep it on a close up of the, of the boys and not kind of like hear all the balls bouncing. Yeah, the fact that you see them all bounce, roll away, and while in the zoom out, all the other basketball boys other than Troy turn to leave and Chad starts chanting, what, what team? team? Wildcats. 
What team? Wildcats. Wildcats. Get, Get your, your head, head in the, the game. game. And that's what we're going to hear. <laughs> we're going to hear get your head in the game in that connotation for the rest of the movie, basically. Yeah. But the cool thing is when all the balls start bouncing away, one of them bounces back to Troy. I don't know if that was like a, at someone behind the scenes kind of bouncing one to him. Well, no, because actually what happens, if you if you watch real close, you can see it because one kind of rolls off to his right and he like puts his arm out to see like he might grab that one. And then another one kind of rolls straight to him. So he just picks that one up. So I think it's kind of in the direction that like, okay, one of the balls is just going to kind of come near you. So pick that one up mm-hmm. and then, you know, have like a like a moment where you like shoot it one-handed. One-handed one hand shot. shot, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I pointed that out when we were watching it. I was like, ooh, one-hand shot. And then you're kind of like, and then we hear a switch sound, so we assume it went in. But also, who knows, because we didn't actually see a net or anything. Yeah, we have no idea how close. You can't. Could you see the lines on the floor? He was around the free throw line. Okay, so he presumably could have made it. Yeah. But then it starts bouncing down and it just, you see it slowed at like momentum, yeah. gravity and takes then he, over. And he starts to walk out of the gym too. And we're just left on this sad basketball bouncing. And it, it's very dark in the background. Like it went, like the lighting changed in the turning of the basketball boys, basically. Ooh, some mise-en-scene. Oh, fancy. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, it's a good moment. And there is this, there is this idea of letting a shot linger that is always a f- like it's an editing trick you know it's an editing trick in the, in the in the sense that you're not editing but it is it is a very impressive kind of skill to develop in your filmmaking which is like when do i let a shot stay and in this case it's saying it's doubling down on the kind of emptiness of the moment right because all the other basketball boys go out and we get this moment alone with troy and it's not only is it this kind of moment where he's alone, but we really linger on it and we force the audience to think about it. And that's that's really a fact. I completely agree. I think this shot is quite unique for the movie and also like TV movies, like decoms more generally, like yeah. this moment of emotion that you're letting this 9, 10, 12 year old sit with and like, oh, imagine what Troy is feeling. And it gives that moment of reflection that isn't always provided in, especially like in a TV format where it's one, two, one, two, you've got 22 minutes to fill, it's film to the brim. Yeah, yeah. Usually this sort of moment in a movie would be like, if something awkward happens and like, like everyone's sitting at dinner and they like, and then you just kind of like sit at the dinner table for like a five seconds too long. And they're like, oh, okay. It's just kind of this like, moment like something awkward happens and we're gonna linger with it for like a little bit longer than you would expect yeah i think um to give a film another film example the end of baby mine and dumbo dumbo walks away after the song like he has the moment with his mother and you just sit with his mother like she like throws down her trunk not throws down her trunk but she kind of relaxes shows her sadness and you just stay there and it's like oh this is heartbreaking. Yeah. The most effective kind of like lingering like trick of like not editing yet. I've that I always pulled a hit pulled to my mind is um in Fruitvale Station, the Ryan Coogler movie about like the, the last day of Oscar Grant's life before being murdered in Fruitvale Station. We get this shot of he's talking to a, the guy at a grocery store and he's talking to this guy behind a deli counter. And they're having this like really like lively, friendly conversation. It's a little contentious, but they're like, they're like kind of getting into it and they're like having like, you know, a good time, but also like they're arguing. And then we get, he walks away down the aisle and we, we linger on his face long enough for his smile, like and his excitement from the conversation to settle down and for his face 
nice to just go back to being like very serious and like not like non-excited and just kind of neutral neutral yeah and that and that's all that's kind of the shot I always come to mind when I that always comes to my mind when I think of like knowing when to cut away because sometimes the strongest moments are when you don't cut away definitely and it's exciting to see one in a movie like this <laughs> in a movie like this where it's everything's kind of fast and there's jokes and mm-hmm. yeah it is a comedy for or a comedy musical first, but it does have moments of drama in like the emotive yeah. kind of. Well, sense it's also of drama. this idea that like like get your head in the game is like both this exciting sports song, but also like this introspective song for Troy, and so we end with this like exciting dance move, like this dance mm-hmm. scene, but also it's this, but also reinforcing it with like the he yeah he danced with everyone, but he's also lonely. Yeah, Troy's the. I didn't realize how vulnerable Troy was, like, it didn't stick with me in the same way it is now, how vulnerable Troy is throughout all of this, and giving those spaces for vulnerability is really nice. Yeah. And important. Cool. Should we wrap up? Sure. So, (laughs) this has been Minute 17. 17? That's like how old a high schooler is. Wow. (laughs) Join us again next time for Minute 18. We'll be coming at you with the decom of the week. Oh, yeah. You can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Send us an email at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. You know, like, hit the like button, uh, smash that subscribe button, uh, tell a friend. You know, you know the you know the drill. Or join the drill, like a basketball drill. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. drills, like zzzz. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our music comes from Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I have been Condra. I've been Tyler Boudreau. We are the Amateur Nerds. And hey, uh, we'll bring you you more exciting high school musical content in the next episode. Are you sure about that? Oh, yes, I'm sure. You can bet on it.